we uh, check in this morning with Quincy Mayor Thomas Koch, get a City Hall update. Hi, Mayor. Good morning, Koch. Happy uh, Ash Wednesday to you today. Well, um, I take that in a positive way. I'm not sure it's happy, but it's <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the Lenten journey for Christians, so thank you, and same to you. Yeah, thank you. It's amazing. It just seemed to come right upon us this this year. Of course, February is a short, short month this, this year, so we're getting right into it. Yes, indeed. And we certainly got into Winterfest back on President's Day. <laughs> Can you believe how the weather cooperated for that? Yeah, I felt like Springfest, honestly. <laughs> I felt like an April day. Uh, really did. Pretty incredible. Yeah, we had great turnout. Um, John McDonald and, and the city team did an outstanding job, as always. It's just another opportunity for families to, uh, particularly with Vacation Week, they're looking for things to do with the kids, and this was no cost. So it's... Uh, Another example of what we do for our families in the city. I think it's awesome stuff, and uh, I know the little ones had a great, great time. I know one of my great nephews enjoyed the, the snakes and the reptiles. <laughs> Not something I'm into, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it, that's a popular one, and also the birds of prey uh, from the Trailside right. Museum. Yeah, uh, uh, laser light shows, ice sculptures. I mean, I I think it was one of the best attended events, uh, winter fests that that the city's had so far. It probably was. Yeah. I mean, you know. That's doing parts of the weather, really. Yeah. No one likes to hang around the cold, cold weather, so even though we had some indoor venues. But uh, it, it was great. It was a great day for for the city, and particularly, again, for the family. So Yeah. We should remind folks, too, that the library has many uh, children's programs this week for school vacation week they should check out. Absolutely. Mayor, can we talk uh, a little bit about uh, the incident at the uh, Quincy High School boys' basketball season coming to a uh, a abrupt end because of a fight in the locker room. Yes, um, you know, the superintendent informed me of the issue, um, you know, after it had happened, and, and I know he had spoken with the principal and the AD and certainly the Lindsay High coach, and I, you know, I certainly don't think this is a reflection on all the kids of the program. However, uh, when a, a fight is organized and scheduled to have it in the locker room with onlookers, then that's not a good look, and, um, the superintendent made the decision, and I support that decision. I and mean, at the end of the day, it's school—it's school sports, not sports school, you know. Mm. And um, there's got to be a certain decorum, particularly in the building, and, and uh, this stuff is just unacceptable. I—I I know when you know when I was growing up, Joe, um, and probably the same with you. There were fights all the time, um, scheduled fights outside the building and a location near the school. I mean, this stuff's been going on since the beginning of time, but. To have a fight in the locker room scheduled by the kids with, uh, I don't know, 50 or so onlookers, it's just not acceptable. Hmm. So the message is that, it, first of all, it shouldn't have happened there and then, and second of all, it should have been reported? Well, that, that's a legitimate argument as yeah. well. Um, but, you know, they had it was scheduled, it was there, they have video of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the other thing kids forget today is they're on camera all over the place. And, um, they should be smarter. Well... Teaching moment, I guess, in a lot of different ways. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, you know, stuff happens, and it's, uh, you know, one of the one of the kids, you know, was bloodied up a bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any permanent injuries, so that's a good thing. But, um, you know, have these kids watching it while someone's pounding another kid is to me is not acceptable. Yeah. So, speaking of teaching, any uh, movement on the uh, negotiations with the, the teachers union? I know we have another negotiation session scheduled for uh, March 3rd, Joe. Okay. Um, that's the next round. I think there's four hours put aside uh, for that. And, 
you know, I, I haven't, uh, I'm not directly in them, mm-hmm. but I get updates from the superintendent. There's a negotiation team from the school committee, which includes three members of the school committee and some of the superintendent's leadership team. The teachers, I believe, have 11 on their negotiating team, plus they have another 35 teachers that are observers in the room. So um, I think those kinds of conditions don't necessarily pay well into a solution. I think there's just too many people in the room. But that's my observation. Uh, I'm hopeful that we'll get there. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I know you've said in the past you, you feel the state union is having an influence. Um, I did speak to the president of the Quincy Union, and she doesn't feel the same way. Yeah, you know, I, I, well, I, in all respect to Miguel Cavallo, um, and this is her first year as president. Um, you know, I've been at this for a while now. In my 16th year, I've been involved in a number of contracts, and I've observed the statewide stuff that's going on with the MTA. It's the playbook. It's happened in each of the other communities. Um, it's too bad. I, I, I think it's too bad because I, I don't have much respect for the MTA anyway. Um, they're a uh, very political organization, a very woke organization, and I don't think they help with what's going on in the classroom. Um, I mean, when you have workshops at your events, a workshop on how to strike in a community, what, what does that tell you? Strikes are illegal in Massachusetts, you know, but they teach how to strike. Um, so I, I just, um, I hope we can get there. Um, I love my teachers. Um, you know, they, they do a good job, and uh, it's not easy in these times with the lack of support at home with a lot of our young people. So it's, it's a little more challenging today. So I certainly hope we can get there, and, and uh, I thank my teachers for all they do, but I'm, I'm not a fan of the MTA. Mayor, can we talk uh, a little bit more? I know we talked about this previously, the purchase of the uh, building on McGrath Highway, 6 to 10 McGrath Highway, for use uh, for recovery groups, and the source of the funding for that purchase, I guess, has been brought into question. Could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the, the intention is, is ARPA money, which it will, it will be from the county, but as a placeholder, we use some DIF funding, uh, which would be eligible for in the, in the downtown district as well. It's really an accounting issue uh, of uh, when the Apple money comes in, we'll just backfill that that uh, account with the diff. But it was very timely. Um, the the closing had to happen by a certain date. Um, as I think I told you, DCAM, which is a state agency, had it under agreement for a month uh, in relation to looking for more land when they do the courthouse over. And um, they withdrew their offer from the private party. The private party was left a little hanging. I've been looking for a while uh, to help the recovery groups because during the pandemic, um, so many of the groups were thrown out of existing buildings, churches, whatever the case may be, uh, many of them couldn't get back in. They, um, you know, the different parties just changed their rules and regulations for their facilities. So there are a lot of groups that have no place to go. And, and knowing the importance of what a meeting is to someone in recovery it's 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 huge and we've doing we've done a lot of work in our schools and education we've obviously been supportive of bay state and gavin with the recovery programs um but we we felt that this was a, a missing piece right now uh and i don't think it's a long-term solution because i think at some point the state may state may look at the building again because i, I haven't quite figured out how they're going to rebuild the courthouse on the same site mm-hmm without additional land around it but um i can't i can't you know answer that one until the state uh gives out some more details so we'll see what happens there but in the meantime i think it'll get good use 
you know, 12, 18 hours a day for for uh, recovery uh, meetings, and it's not a place for treatment. And, um, you know, I, I know that I've gotten good response from a number of folks in the recovery community about it, so I'm pleased we're able to do this. Oh, how much, how much funding is coming from the county to the city? Well, we... There is a there are a number of grants we've applied for the Apple money through the county. I see. It's not one big chunk like the federal government did. Mm-hmm. So the city could turn around and sell that building at some point if it gets to be a burden. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely. I mean there there are rules and regs to everything we do. We yeah. follow those rules and regs. But uh, I mean obviously the state, um, we're an entity of the state. So if the state came in and said we're taking it by eminent domain. There's nothing we can do about it. I see. So. We'll see what happens in that regard. Okay. Um, also, Mayor, I was wondering, is there any update on the plans for in the uh, passive park out on Wollaston Beach, where Beachcomber used to be? I know they got a jump start, um, but, you know, this time of year, everything is mucky. Yes. So I, I think they're waiting for a period to dry out, and then they'll begin reshaping it a little bit and grading it. Uh, and, of course, in the spring, we'll be planting a number of new uh, plantings um, on the site. It'll, it's not going to be a formal park there's not going to be a play structure there or a basketball court it will be a passive park a walkway through it not paved mm-hmm. um and uh, a bunch of different types of plant materials like wildflowers and things that will pretty up the area uh that's on the park piece and then there's going to be an element there that's going to honor jimmy mcketrick and um joe kentikoff and you know tell a little bit of the history of what went on at the beach coma because when you look back uh, there was some big acts that were played down there. Yeah. Uh, for that small little place, there were some big acts that came there. So we thought we'd tell that story. So, if, you know, people are walking by, they can stop and 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 read and and perhaps uh, learn a little bit what went on there. Mm-hmm. I know you, at one point, you talked about a pot- potential uh, statue for the U.S. Uh, Naval veterans. No, we, we focused at Marina Bay on that right now. Oh, okay. Uh, because of the, that was one of the sites we looked at, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were four or five sites we looked at. Uh, Marine, I keep coming back to Marina Bay, Joe, because of the history there. Uh, World War One, the Victory Plant built destroyers. World War Two, we had the Naval Air Station there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seems to me that the site itself is historic in that regard, and it makes sense to, to have the uh, the park, the Lone Sailor Statue, along with the park setting with it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Lots going on as always. And next time we chat, it'll be uh, March first. Wow. <laughs> if we do it next Wednesday. <laughs> and we'll talk about the uh, Remember the Ladies event that's coming up. Was, was that a sarcastic shot, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you any day, Mayor. <laughs> uh, you're a good man. And I appreciate you adjusting your schedule when necessary. Not a problem. We're very flexible. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, have a great day. You as well. Thank you.